musicians and singers. I was in prayer last night and much of the day about what the Lord would have us to say for this service. And uh, could not get settled, could not get a peace about what He would have us to preach. And uh, the Lord laid an old thought on my heart, and I went back, way back in the archives day and was looking at that message and there was one phrase in that message that just jumped out at me and God said that's what you're going to preach tonight amen and uh, so I, I tell you the Lord has orchestrated everything to this point which is why I know he desires to do a work in our hearts and in our lives tonight amen and John chapter number 11 is a very familiar story to those that have I've been in church any length of time. Know the story of Lazarus. And if you are new to church and you don't know the story, well, you're going to learn it tonight. When you leave, you'll leave knowing the story of Lazarus. Amen. Of what Jesus did. But there's some, there's some great truths in this story that I believe God would have us uh, share tonight. And uh, I believe the word of God won't return void, but he's going to display his power in a mighty way tonight. John chapter number 11 Begin our reading with verse number one. It says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. For the sake of time, if you'll skip down to verse number 11. These things said he and after that he said unto him, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said the disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes, that I was not there. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. I want to preach to you for a few moments on this thought, and it's a thought that I could preach for quite some time, but I'm going to try my best not to do that tonight. But I want to preach to you on the absolute power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The absolute power of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will, stretch forth your hands one more time. Ask God's help. Father, we love you. We thank you for your spirit that we've been made to feel. It is your breath in our lungs. And so, oh God, we praise and worship you. Tonight, I'm asking you, oh God, as you have brought us to the conflict of this moment, God, I'm asking that your power, that your might, that your authority be displayed as we preach on you. And as we preach and declare your word, and as we preach upon your power, I pray, Father, that your power would be displayed tonight. God, that it wouldn't just be something that we preach about, 
but it would be something that each and every one of us could experience for ourselves. Now, God, it would be more than my words issuing out tonight, but, Father, it would be your words, the eternal word of life that is flowing through us. Oh, God, I can do nothing. I can be nothing in and of myself. But, oh, God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm asking for that anointing strength to come tonight. Anoint us to preach and declare your word. Anoint us to receive and to respond to the word of God. I pray that you would anoint what goes on in these altars tonight. And we are going to give you and you alone the praise for everything that's done and accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. amen. And amen. In this story we see a a great story. It is one of my favorite stories to read about, to preach about, to see unfold in Scripture. For in it, we see the physical power of the Lord Jesus Christ on display. We see His power as He has the ability to go to that which is dead. And ultimately, we know He brings it back to life again. So, I want us to know this is a physical story. This actually happened. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a make-believe. When you read this story, there was, it was not prefaced with once upon a time. It wasn't written from the pen of Walt Disney. But if you believe John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe that that verse has power, then you must believe that these verses have power. The power of the gospel. This actually happened. God physically, uh, through Christ, raised Lazarus from the dead. But I want us to realize that this also is a microcosm of our Christian experience. This is a microcosm or a glimpse of what takes place in the life of a believer when they are born again. And they are brought back from death unto life by the power of the gospel. In these two in these in these stories, we see two absolutes. I want to deal with the first absolute that each and every one of us are going to have to deal with at some point in time in our life. Unless the Lord raptures us home. Number one, the first absolute that I want us to see is the absolute power of death. Death. The Bible tells us that uh, that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. There is going to be a point in time when every one of us have to deal with the stinging aspect of death. Whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it's the, the death of a family member, the death of a friend, the death of a, a child, the death of a parent, or, or whether it's looking headlong into the eyes of death for ourselves. Death is an absolute that it is absolute each and every one of us are going to encounter. As it is appointed unto man, we've already quoted the scripture, every man wants to die. And after this, the judgment in our text, Lazarus experienced the absolute power of death. For at the point in time of our text, they send messengers unto Jesus and they tell him that Lazarus, your friend, is sick. Jesus abode there yet for a few more days, staying where he was. And finally, the message came to Jesus that Lazarus is dead. If you were to look up that word dead in the Greek, it's the Greek word apoth, 
Nikos, which means to die, to expire, to be breathless. He had experienced the stinging aspect of death, and death had gripped its absolute power and authority over him. Amen. And while we will deal with physical death at some point in time in our life, it's absolute. Tonight, I want to deal with the spiritual aspect of spiritual death. You see, Lazarus is a picture. As Lazarus is dead, his, his breath has left his body as he has expired. He's dead. That is a picture of each and every single man, uh, a person of humanity that is dead in sin and trespasses. Outside of the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. For if you were to look at Ephesians 2, as Paul is dealing with the church of Ephesus, he said in verse number 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in sin and trespasses, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience. He said again in verse number 5, For the second time, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us by together with Christ. For by grace, thank God, ye are saved. Amen. As, as he used this phrase, he said that ye were dead in sins. That word dead in Ephesians chapter number 2 is the same Greek word that described Lazarus. He was dead. He was expired. There was no life there. So as Lazarus is a perfect representation of every man, woman, boy, or girl that's not been born again, that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior for the same way that we will all experience physical death at some point in time. We have all experienced spiritual death. I mean, we have all experienced that. Amen. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That verse, all, means all. It doesn't miss anybody. Whether you are a, a one-day year old or a one-day-old infant or whether you're 101 years old, every man, woman, boy, or girl was born into sin. Amen. And we must be born again. Hallelujah. We must be born again to be birthed into the kingdom of God. For Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is what? Same Greek word that you'll find there uh, to describe Lazarus uh, is what the writer Paul again described. Uh, death, being dead uh, in sin and trespasses. So number one, uh, we will physically deal with the absolute power of death uh, at some point in time in our life. Uh, it could be today. It could be tonight. Uh, it could be tomorrow. Uh, only God knows the number of our days. Uh, only He knows what time it's going to be. Uh, so that's why, beloved, uh, we must be ready. We must be born again. We must be prepared when we have an appointment with the absolute power of death because at that point in time you can't make preparation. At that point in time no additional preparation can be made. Nobody can pray you out of purgatory. Amen. It's either heaven or hell. Amen. And for heaven to be, amen, your eternal destination you must be born again. There must be a Lazarus experience that takes place in your life to where you're brought from the dead. Amen. Brought into the marvelous life of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to spend much time talking about the absolute power of death. 
It is absolute. Every single one of us will experience it at some point in time physically. And every single one of us have experienced it past tense uh, in the spiritually or uh, you are currently experiencing it right now. Uh, amen. To be dead in sin and in trespasses. Uh, amen. I don't have to deal with that a lot. We know. Uh, amen. What that is. But secondly, uh, I not only want to spend my time focusing on the absolute power of death uh, because I want us to see and experience tonight uh, the absolute power of this man called Jesus Christ. And in the absolute power of Christ. For in Lazarus' case, when he's, he's dead, he's been in a tomb for four days. Count them. One, two, three, four. Ninety-six hours he's been in a tomb. His sisters described the, the, the situation and said, Lord, by now he stinks. Death will produce a stench in your life. Amen. Your life outside of Christ, if you've not been born again, I'm just going to put it to you blunt. Your life will stink. Amen. It'll stink because of the effects that sin has in that life. Amen. That's where Lazarus was. He was in a tomb. They had rolled a stone over him and said, there's no hope. There's no help. He has expired. He's breathless. There, there, there's no heartbeat. There's no pulse. It's over with. Death. Its power has become absolute in his life. And they had resigned to the fact that Lazarus is dead. It's never going to get any better. Amen. We know that there's sometimes in our lives uh, that people have looked at us and said the exact same things. Uh, there's no hope for them. Uh, there's no help for them. Uh, they are too far gone. Uh, amen. And, and they've signed our death certificate uh, and said they'll never amount to anything. Uh, amen. Some people uh, might have said the same thing about you. I can tell you for a fact uh, they said it about me. I had my own family members that I loved. When I got born again, birthed into the kingdom of God, they said, well, I've seen him play this game before. I give it two weeks, and he'll be right back. You want to know what they were doing? They were putting me in a tomb, rolling the stone over me. Amen, signing my death certificate. Amen, saying that this thing's over before it ever gets started. Oh, but can I preach to you about the absolute power of Christ? <laughs> 17 years later, baby, here I am. Hallelujah. 17 years later. And then what happened? What transpired? I was dead just like Lazarus. I was in a tomb, dead in trespasses and sin. The world had already rolled the stone over my uh, over the mouth of the, the, the tomb and said, there's no hope for him. But can I tell you, this same Jesus that I'm preaching about in John chapter number 11 that stepped up to Lazarus' tomb, amen, 17 years ago, amen, he stepped up to my spiritual tomb. Hallelujah. Amen. And I experienced the absolute power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I found out that Christ can take that which is dead and bring it back to life. That Christ can take that which the world has written off as hopeless. Amen. As no help to be found for them. Amen. Christ can take that which is broken. That which is useless. That which is hopeless. That which is dead. Oh, and he can bring it back to life again. And the final product of that man is broken. Greater than anything that happened before. Oh, that is the 
absolute power of Christ to resurrect that which is dead, birth it from above, and make it newer than new. The absolute power of Christ. In this text, we see two absolutes. The absolute power of death comes right into conflict and confrontation with the absolute power of Christ. And in this conflict, one has to lose. There are no participation trophies being handed out in this conflict. There is a definite winner and there is a definite loser. As Jesus steps on the absolute power, the one, the only begotten Son of God that was born of a virgin, that had lived a sinless life, that had been baptized not only in water but in the Holy Ghost, walked up to Lazarus' tomb, amen, that was wrapped in Rattled with the absolute power of death. Amen. And just simply issued three words. Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. And once and for all, he settled the question of who has absolute power. Yeah. Hallelujah. He forever settled the debate of who is greater. Amen. He forever settled the debate. Amen. Of who has more power, death or himself. Amen. Because this man that had been dead for four days and stunk, that had been raised, wrapped in grave clothes that the world had written off and said there's no hope. Let's just go ahead and roll the stone over the door. Let's just let him alone and rest in peace. Christ showed up, said three words, and that which was dead, hallelujah, began to breathe again. That which was dead came back to life. Amen. And Christ forever settled the debate of who has absolute power. That he truly indeed has power over death, over hell, and over the grave. All he has to do is speak the word and a four day old corpse amen that was deader than dead amen come walking up out of the tomb alive. I'm telling you there's only one man that can do that and that is this man called Christ and I'm here to preach to you the gospel tonight. He's still bringing the dead back to life. It's more than just a John chapter number 11 experience that happened physically 2,000 years ago. But right now in 2022 he is still able to bring that which is dead back to life. The world may have written you off. Your family may have written you off and said nothing good is going to come out of them. They said the same thing about Lazarus. But all it took was Christ speaking three words. And that had to give up his power. Life entered into the equation. And that which was dead lived again. The absolute power of Christ. I'm here to tell you tonight there's still power in the word of God. From the first verse in your Bible to the last verse in your Bible, you will find the power of the spoken word of God. It's highlighted and put on display in John chapter number 11. But go all the way back to the first 
of the book in Genesis chapter number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And the earth was without form. And void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And God said. And God said. Let there be light. And I love this part. And there was light. Hallelujah. God said. Let there be light. And there was light. There had never been a day of recorded life throughout all of the eons of eternity until that time. But when God said, I'm tired of darkness, he said, I'm ready for some light. All he had to do was speak the word and light. The sun appeared, hallelujah, on the horizon. And light, amen, began to shine and darkness had to flee. You read the, the creation account. Anytime God wanted something, what did he do? He spoke the word and it was. God spoke and it happened. Oh, hallelujah, there is power in the word and the spoken word of God. Amen. There were three times in Christ's ministry. I read into your hearing one in John chapter number 11. But there were two other times in scriptures to where Jesus Christ, who was God, the, the, the Son in the flesh, the second person of the triune Godhead, when he walked this earth for 33 and a half years, three times he encountered death, eyeball to eyeball, face to face. In John chapter number 11 and two other instances with a young girl who was Jairus's daughter and another young boy who was the widow of Nain's son. And in all three instances, when Christ looked and he beheld death, amen, there were times when Christ laid out, stretched forth his hand, and he touched the lepers, and he touched the blind, and he touched the deaf, and they came back to life. But listen, Jesus don't have to touch anything to bring it back to life. In these three instances, he didn't touch them. All he did was spoke the word, and that which was dead was brought back to life again. Amen. Several, several months ago, God gave me this great revelation. Amen. Dealing with the word and the power of the word of God. There is enough power in the spoken word of God to bring anything that's dead back to life. Hallelujah. Amen. Your marriage may be on the brinks and on the rocks and it be dead. Oh, but all it takes is for Jesus Christ to speak life. Amen. And God can resurrect that which is dead. You may be dead in sin and trespasses, but the same way he cried out to Lazarus, he's come crying out unto you tonight, and he's calling your name to come forth. And that which is dead, he can bring back tonight. Why? Because there's absolute power in the spoken word of God. There must be a day. You hear me out tonight. There must be a day when you have a Lazarus experience in your life. Must be. You can't rehab or counsel your way into heaven. And you can't Sunday school or preach your way into heaven. You must be born again. There's got to be a day where brother or sister Lazarus when Christ calls your name and resurrects you from the tomb, dead in sin and in trespasses, 
Amen. We see the power of Christ when he comes speaking his word. So Christ spoke the word unto Lazarus. What am I doing unto you tonight? I'm preaching the word. Preaching the glorious gospel, the same word, Christ. Amen. That it was spoken unto Lazarus. It's being preached to you tonight. Not because I'm preaching it, but because of who's preaching through me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can still bring dead things back to life. Not only did Christ call him and call his name, but I want you to see for yourself that Christ raised him up. It's not just enough to hear the word of God if you're going to waddle around in the same self-pity that you've always had. It's not the will of God for you to just hear the gospel over and over and over and over again and do nothing with it. You know what the definition of insanity is? Exactly right. I mean, I'll give the microphone to y'all. Let you preach for a little while. Amen. It's insane to just think that I'm going to go to church and sit on the, the, the pew and hear it Sunday after Sunday. and Sunday. Listen, there's no freedom in just hearing the Word of God. You've got to respond in faith to the Word of God. Hallelujah. When Christ spoke the Word. Amen. Christ raised him up. Listen, it's not the will of God for us to stay in the same spiritual condition that we've always been in. Christ wants to raise us up and to elevate us to a higher plane. Amen. When Christ imparts life into a sinner and a sinner is brought into death. And we, we look at this story in John chapter number 11 and we think, my, what a story. What a miracle. God, Christ spoke the word and he brought a dead man back to life. But I'm preaching to you this story is a microcosm of our experience. When we're dead in sin and in trespasses. And we have this born-again experience, and Christ brings us back from death unto life. It is just as miraculous as what took place in John chapter number 11. When you see a man or a woman walk down the aisle and get born again, I mean, you ought to rejoice just as much over that as you do seeing Lazarus coming and walking out of a tomb. Listen, it is no more miraculous for God to go look over to the cemetery and raise 50 people up from the grave as it is to see 50 men or women praying in an altar. God is bringing dead things back to life. Hallelujah. And the new birth and being born again, it is miraculous. For a man dead in sin and trespasses, he's just like Lazarus, dead. But when you hear Christ call your name, he will raise you up. Hallelujah. He will raise you up. And I can tell you tonight, it is the will of God for you to be born from above and raised from the penalty of death. Amen. I could read to you Romans 6, 1 through 14. Great verses. But for the sake of time, I won't but jot them down. Go home and read them tonight that talks about those that have been dead to sin but have resurrected up in the newness of the power of life. And it says in Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Hallelujah. That which puts you in 
the tomb, that which puts you in that place, that which has broken your life and made your heart shatter in a million pieces when you're born again and birthed from above and God raises you up. Amen. He says no longer is that going to have dominion and power and authority over your life, but I'm raising you up. Amen. To where you can walk upon that that is now walking on you. Hallelujah. Amen. When God gives us the victory through Christ Jesus, his son, he not only calls us out of the tomb, but he raises us up to walk in the newness of life. And I want you to notice what Christ did. Called his name, raised him up. But the third thing we did, preach on the absolute power of Christ. Christ loosed him from the things that was hindering his life. Can I just preach a while real quick? Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You see, Lazarus was called out of the tomb. That which was dead was brought back to life. But there was just one problem. He was still wrapped with the same old grave clothes. I've always heard this before, but got a few that hadn't heard this. I, I told you I love this story. love preaching it again. It's a glorious thing about the gospel. It's like the first time every time. But Lazarus, he's been brought back from death unto life, which is a picture of being born again, raised, brought out of sin and trespasses into the newness of life in Christ Jesus. But he was still bound. He was still bound with the grave clothes. He was still restricted in his walk. He was mummified. And that is where a lot of people stop on their Christian journey. They've heard the voice of God. They've heard him call and raise them from the dead back into life. But they spend the rest of their life restricted in grave clothes. And as long as Lazarus was wrapped in the grave clothes, he would never know what it's like to truly be free. And he would always be identified by his past. There's the dead man walking right there. There's that man that was dead. How do you know? Well, just look at him. He's restricted. He's wrapped in grave clothes. You see, what he was bound with was his identification. That would have become what he would have been identified by. So why is it that a lot of times we want to do right. We want to serve God. We want to live for God. But yet we're restricted in our spiritual growth. And we want to lift our hands and praise God. But our worship is restricted. Our praise is restricted. Our testimony is restricted. And it seems like we can't ever get free. We experience the life of Christ. But we don't know what it's like to be loosed by Christ. And I can tell you just as much as it is God's will for you to experience what it's like to, to know his life. It is just as much God's will for you to experience what it means to be loosed. To be set free by the power of God. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight. Amen. When Jesus raised him from the grave, Lazarus came walking out of the tomb bound. The Bible says hand 
and foot. Bound. Restricted. But when Jesus brings something from death unto life, he doesn't leave us like he finds us. He doesn't leave us in the same condition. Hallelujah. You see, man may have to counsel us throughout our entire life to try to bring about a similitude of peace. Oh, but I can tell you with Christ, it's a one-stop shop, honey. Hallelujah. He not only wants to... Uh, to birth us from above and for us to be born again, but he wants to loose us uh, from every hindrance, uh, from every obstacle, uh, from every addiction, uh, from every binding, hindering spirit from hell uh, that would restrict our worship, uh, that would restrict our testimony, uh, that would restrict our, our, our praise and our walk and our growth. Uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is just as much as it is will for you to be born again. Uh, it's just as much his will for us, uh, whether we've been saved for two minutes uh, or whether we've been saved for 22 years. Uh, God wants us to be loosed uh, in his presence. Uh, God wants to loose us from the weight uh, and the sin which does so easily beset us uh, so that we may run uh, this race with patience. Uh, amen. If you've never been loosed uh, by the power of God, uh, you're in the right place tonight. Uh, he wants to give you life uh, and he wants to give you liberty. Not only did he loose it, but after he loosed him, he said, let him go. Let him go. Hallelujah. Let him experience what it means to truly be free. See, I know what it's like to play the church game and never be free. You see, that was a reason my own family said, I'll give it two weeks. And this will wear off and he'll be right back in the same shape. You don't know why? Because that had been a cyclical pattern in my life. Church, out. Church, world. Church, sin. I could raise my hands when everybody else was raising their hands in church and live like the absolute devil as soon as I walked out. I never knew what it was like to truly be free until one day the absolute death in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Met a man named Jesus Christ. And I saw his absolute power and authority. Oh, hallelujah. Not only did he take that which was dead and bring it back to life, but he loosed years of addiction. He loosed years of depression. He loosed years of hurt, of, of, of voids in my life uh, that I'd been trying for years to fill with other ancillary things. Uh, I can tell you that night of the altar, uh, amen, he filled every void in my life. Uh, I didn't need an upper or a downer uh, or a drink in the mornings going forward. Uh, I found what I needed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and I know what it's like to be bound. Uh, oh, but I know what it's like to be free. Uh, and I like uh, what it means to be free. I like the power of God in operation in my life. And what he's done in me, he wants to do in each and every one of us to bring us from death into life and allow us to walk in the liberating power of his spirit. I want you to notice the story doesn't stop there. And I, I've got to hurry. Christ loosed him. Christ set him free. But Lazarus, I love this, became a living testimony of what the power of God can do. 
Look at what the Word of God says in John chapter number 11, verse 45. Then. Then is a word that denotes something that happens after the fact. What was the after fact? It was Lazarus being raised from the dead. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. They saw him turn water into wine. They saw him heal the lepers. They saw him heal the blinded eyes, unstop the deaf ears. They saw him cast out devils and demons. They still didn't believe on him. But when they saw the absolute power of death that no man has any control over, that no man had ever been able to resurrect, when they saw Christ display that power and his authority, over Lazarus and brought that which was dead to life. They could not deny that this is the Son of God. And everywhere Lazarus went from that point forward, every sunrise, every sunset, every time he walked through town, hallelujah, he was a living testimony of what the power of God can do. When we are born again, our lives become living testimonies of what the power of God can still do in this day and hour. You say, your life, my life, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been. I don't. But I can tell you, it is no match for his absolute power. And when he gets done with you, you too will be a living testimony that if you allow him to lose you and you walk in his freedom everywhere you go, you're going to walk with a glow about you. And you're going to testify to this world. Come see a man named Jesus. What he did in me, he will do in you. And I can tell you it is the, the will of God for his life to beget life. For it to be a never-ending cycle. That is you experience the life of Christ. That which is bubbling on the inside of you begins to bubble out of you. And you tell other people about the miraculous power. And they see your testimony. And they see your life. And they see what you were. But they now see who you are. Amen. Not what you've done. Amen. But they, they see you in the newness of life. And then, oh, hallelujah, the life that's in you gets a hold of them. God transforms their life. And then they become living testimonies of what God can do. This life will always beget life. In Ezekiel chapter number 47, it talks about the river of God that flows and issues out of the temple. And the Bible says of this river that everything that the river touched, it lived. Amen. It lived. What happened? There was life in that river. There was life in the flow of the river. And everywhere that river touched, there was life. If you were to look at the Nile River on a map in sub-Sahara Africa, amen, it flows right through the middle of some of the driest places on earth. Vast desert land where there's miles of nothing but sand. Oh, an intense heat. But right along the banks of that river, it's a lush green paradise. There's palm trees. Trees. Uh, there's fruit growing on the trees, and in that river, uh, this 
uh, flowing in a, 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 a habitat of death. Uh, there's fish in that river. There's life uh, in that river. I can tell you that's a representation of what Christ uh, does in us. Uh, amen. When we uh, were dead in sin and trespasses and we get lost uh, in the flowing of the river of God, everything that the river touches in us, uh, it will live. Uh, hallelujah. And everything that that river touches as it flows through us, uh, this life uh, will begat life uh, when we become living testimonies of what Jesus Christ can do. Hirshton, come help me. I'm done. The last thing that I want us to notice, I'm, I'm hurrying to a close. The next time we see Lazarus, he's been raised. He's been brought from death into life. He's been loosed. He's been set free. Many people believe on Jesus because of the testimony of what he's done. The next time we find him in Scripture, where do we find him? We find him in John chapter number 12. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus, which uh, was which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And they made him a supper. And Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Lazarus knew that the key to victory was staying in fellowship with Jesus. The next time that we find Lazarus in Scripture, he's breaking bread with the Master. The only way we can maintain victory in our life is to stay in fellowship with Jesus. It's not just a one-day experience to where we can pray a prayer and we're just going to coast on into heaven. If you're going to maintain victory in your life, you must maintain fellowship with Christ. Communion day after day after day. The Word of God tells us Jesus, the, the disciples come to Jesus and they ask Him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray after this manner, pray this way, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, if we're going to make it today, it's going to be because you give us bread. If we're going to make it, spiritually speaking, it's going to be because you feed us. Lord, if, if we're not going to relapse and fall off the wagon, it's going to be because you keep us. It's going to be because you do the work. Father, give us this day our daily bread. And can I tell you to the saints that's been saved 50 years, it still takes day-by-day -day fellowship with the Master. This isn't just for the new converts. It's also for the seasoned saints. If you expect to maintain the, the, the only thing, that brought you out of the grave is Christ. And the only thing that's going to keep you out of the grave is Christ. Lazarus said, I know what it's like to be in a tomb when nobody could do anything for me. But Jesus did. And I'm going to stay just as close to him as I possibly can. 
Therein lies the key to victory. The key to victorious living is walking, fellowship, communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. Staying just as close to that power source as you can. Death has a power source. And this power will be displayed on each and every one of us. The only thing that can trump that power source is the power of Christ. And Lazarus said, I'm pulled and I'm torn between two absolutes. But I'm going to stay just as close to the ultimate power source as I can. There may be power sources that have dominion and authority over your life that you can't break away from, that you can't control. And it's constantly going to pull. Oh, but I can tell you there is one absolute power that's greater. And if I were you, I would stay just as close to it. I would stay just as close to Him. I would get just as full of His Spirit as I can so that I can be ultimately victorious. Amen. As Christ has overcome, you and I can overcome by the power of this glorious gospel. Amen. Stand with us all over the building tonight. Father, we love you. God, I preach the gospel in the simplest terms that I, uh, I, I know how, oh God, preaching the fullness and the power of your gospel. I'm asking that you do what I can't do. Touch the heart. I can't touch. Minister to that soul. I can't minister to. God, I pray tonight that you would put on display your absolute power and authority. God, that somebody can leave here tonight walking in the newness of life. Walking in the authority. God, maybe there's a sinner that's here that does not know you, that's never been born again. They're in a tomb and dead in sin and trespasses. I pray that your power would be displayed in their life. That you would call their names the same way you called Lazarus, the same way you called mine 17 years ago. Oh, God, I pray that you'd call out their name. God, maybe there's a Lazarus that's been called out of the grave, but they're still bound. God, by grave clothes and their past, what they were, has become their identification. Can't break free from that. Can't get loose from that. Oh, I pray by the power of the Holy Ghost that tonight you would loose them and set them free. God, I pray for those, maybe a new convert that's struggling in their journey, but God, they're missing the most important piece and the most important key to victory, and that's fellowship with you. I pray, oh God, that they would leave here tonight locked arm in arm with you by the Holy Ghost. God, their life would be forever changed. Maybe it's a seasoned saint. Oh, God, trouble has come their way. They're born again. They're saved. They're on their way to heaven. But they find themselves in a, in a tomb of doubt or in a tomb of heartache and a tomb of depression that they can't break free from and can't shake loose of. I pray tonight that that power Oh, would run headlong into the absolute power of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, and you do a work that only you can do. Amen. These altars are open tonight. Some were in here praying early on. Amen. I can tell you right now, step out of your pew right where you are. The Holy Ghost is going to meet you in this altar, this power force that we preached about. Amen. It's in this house. And you're here and you need the Lord. Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you need to be loosed. Maybe you need to be filled. Maybe you need to be broken, uh, shaken away from an addiction. I don't know what the problem may be, but God has led you to this place tonight where His power and authority can be displayed in your life. And you can leave free tonight by the power of Almighty God. Yes, come on. Feel this altar tonight. Uh, saints, I need you to help me pray. 
Oh, let's pray tonight. Let's get a hold of this power source. Let's get a hold of this absolute authority. This man named Jesus Christ. Let him bring that which is dead back to life. Come on, help me pray.